Hello everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of The Scoop's new podcast. You've seen our website, you've read our blogs, and now you can hear our voices. For those of you who are new to The Scoop, we exist to examine the ways the ice cream industry has used different mediums of advertising throughout history to create a product that produces nostalgia, even for the lactose intolerant. The Scoop consists of a team of four ice cream enthusiasts who work together to make blogs, podcasts, and vlogs that educate the public on the power of media marketing. For more information, you can go to our website that's linked in the show notes or email us at thescooptoday at gmail.com. So with that, let's spill the sprinkles. Hello, Scoopers. I'm Alyssa Helm. And I think it would be fun just before we get started to go around and kind of say our favorite ice cream flavors. Ooh. Seems appropriate. Yeah. Yes. So mine, I think, would be Moose Tracks. Moose Tracks. Or anything with peanut butter or chocolate. This is Kenzie, and I am definitely um, a cookie dough fanatic. Back home, we have this Dairy Queen. And anytime I go, I ask for a cookie dough blizzard with extra, extra cookie dough. Oh. Oh yeah, because they, you can never put enough <laughs> Too much. cookie dough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is Chloe. And I have to specify for, like, ice cream flavors. I like moose tracks and chocolate things like Alyssa. But in the world of, like, gelato, mm-hmm. like, in Europe, everything strawberry flavored is just brilliant and magical. Mm-hmm. So I do need to specify for different kinds. Thanks for bringing a little culture into yes. our, oh, our talk. Absolutely. <laughs> In this podcast, we're going to be talking about movies. The movies today are very different from the first movies made over 100 years ago. Even though they were different, the movies in the golden age of film shaped the way we see in film movies even today. When the film industry was just starting off, the dominant forces were Europe, Russia, and Scandinavia. The movies themselves were short and only a few minutes long. But eventually, movies started getting longer, and because of the advent of World War I, the movie industry began to grow in America. These movies were longer and utilized different camera angles and techniques. In 1927, the movie The Jazz Singer was released. It is unknown if it is the very first live-action movie to incorporate sound, but it started the trend of movies with sound, also known as talkies. During this time, animation was starting to rise as a medium of entertainment. While it's easy to point out Walt Disney and the accomplishments he made in animation history, Snow White was actually the first animated movie that has not been lost. So there was another animation studio called Fleisher Studios, and it was run by Max and Dave Fleisher. Max invented the rotoscope in 1915, and the rotoscope made animation smoother and less jerky. The Fleischers and Lee DeFrost made the first cartoon with sound in 1926, called My Old Kentucky Home, which is appropriate since this podcast is coming to you from Kentucky. In the 1940s, the Fleischers made the first Superman cartoon. So Superman's been around since the 1940s. He's getting old. He is getting very <laughs> old. After that, the Fleischers unfortunately went bankrupt, and that ended the long competition between them and Disney. Now, during this time of competition and advancements in am- animation, the film industry itself was changing. This resulted in a number of horror movies such as Dracula, Frankenstein, and The Mummy. In the year of 1939, Hollywood was hit with a string of classics. So they went from producing a lot of horror movies to producing the movies many of us know and love, such as Gone with the Wind, 
The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Wizard of Oz, and so much more. These movies establish the basic camera principles that movies today use. These movies also started working in more complex plots with more complex characters. Hollywood's golden age came to an end with the advent of television and antitrust laws. It was ruled that the major studios couldn't own their own theaters because it would make a monopoly, as it was less expensive to watch TV than it was to go to the movies. The movie industry was in trouble in the 1940s through 1960s. Attendance was down and there's the threat of McCarthyism. The House of Un-American Activities Committee continued to question people. People afraid of being put in prison or being fired began accusing others of being communists. This created a Salem witch trial effect in which innocent people, in order to save their skins, began blaming others. It was only in the 1960s that people began to calm down and try to reverse the effects of the House of the Un-American Activities Committee. And although people began to calm down, in the 1970s, film industry still became very pessimistic. The American public itself was very pessimistic in the early to mid-70s. The Vietnam War made a lot of people very mad and they wanted to see their feelings reflected on the screen. After the Watergate scandal, America was tired of sad movies. That was when more hopeful blockbusters began to have an appeal, such as Star Wars, Rocky, or my personal favorite, Grease. In the 80s and 90s, movies became bigger. Large studios started showing up again. The advent of computer-generated imagery changed the way movies were made. Sci-fi began to make a comeback with movies such as Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, Blade Runner, and Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. Movie makers no longer had to rely on practical effects and stills. They could use a computer to make the effects. The movie that most people point to when talking about groundbreaking special effects, of course, is The Matrix. I just saw that movie for the first time the other week, and it is very uncomfortable, but very iconic, I just gotta say. Was that scene, did that scene with Neo dodging multiple bullets live up to the hype? It did. It really did. I preferred when he walked through a metal detector and pulled out a bunch of guns and just started shooting everyone. <laughs> Golly! <laughs> I don't know if you watched that's, it. That's if you watched it. <laughs> if you watched it, you would understand. I'll take your word for yes, it. The bullets in slow motion, very cool, very <laughs> iconic. It would be very easy for us to keep talking about all of these classic movies mm. that were made in the 80s and 90s, and even today movies still make an impact. But regardless of the time period, movies have a lot of power. The 1915 movie, The Birth of a Nation, was an incredibly racist movie that taught a false history about Civil War Reconstruction that a lot of people even today still believe. Steven Spielberg's Schindler's List raised awareness about the horrors of the Holocaust and how a good person can save hundreds of lives. The stories movies tell reflect the culture in which they were made and can affect a generation. People still watch the Star Wars movies and the first one came out over 40 years ago. The golden age of Hollywood gave us a lot when it comes to filming, the stories we tell, and even the way we tell them. Stories have a lot of power, and we need to use that power responsibly. Now, you may be wondering, why are we talking about film on an ice cream podcast? And if you're asking yourself that question, that is an excellent question, and it's one that we'll unpack further in our next episode coming out later this week. But for this episode, we just wanted to make sure that we all have a better understanding of what film is 
and how it got to where it is today. This is important for us to understand so that way we can better examine the influence that the film industry has on the culture that we live in and how as ice cream enthusiasts we can use this form of media to our advantage in continuing to build the industry that we are a part of. But don't want to get ahead of myself so go ahead and subscribe to the podcast to be able to get a notification when our next episode is out um, and you can also visit us on our website that will be linked in the show notes until then we are so glad that you joined us and we look forward to seeing you later this week on the scoop podcast